Hey, it's Kim. And I'm B. And welcome back to Killer Reality, another true crime edition. Yay. Yay. Short one today, guys. Um, this one is, oh, it's tough. Some <clears throat> kids don't pull through. Mm. Yeah. And some young ones, too. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so, but on a different note, how are you? I am good. I, uh, I've been waiting for today, going to the Mariners-Yankees game. I'm excited. Mm, sounds awful. No, it's going to be fun. <laughs> and, you know, it's the games here in Seattle, right? So, obviously, Mariners' hometown. But this house is full of Yankees fans. So, we're all going to be going in our Yankees gear. So, it'll be uh, interesting. Hopefully, we don't get too much hate or some crazies down in Seattle. Oh, you're going to. Yeah, well. For sure. So be it. Do we still have the different country there? What? Chop. Oh, uh, I don't know. Remember all that? This, um, they blocked the city off and declared mm. their own country? Yes, I do remember because, again, Seattle is full of nut jobs. Um, <laughs> chop or not, uh, Seattle still is uh, sketchy. As fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the one thing I don't like about baseball games in particular is it just takes forever. It can, and I never, I honestly never used to be into it. But again, watching it so much in this house and everything else, I'm kind of jumping on the bandwagon. Mm, no, I mean, drop my ass off the bandwagon. <laughs> I'll just sit there. It's like even football games. Like oh, when they watch football games no. and it's like, there's no. five minutes left in the game, but it's still 45 minutes left in the game. Listen, don't play with football. I am an Shoot. avid, mm -hmm. uh, dedicated football watcher. I'll take soccer any day of the week. See, now that's one that I've never watched or gotten into. That's only because my kids played. So, and it's on here in the house all the time. So. Makes sense. I mean, especially because all or most of your kids played. And the men in the family played as well. Oh, Okay. So mm -hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. So off to true crime land. Guess where we're going today? Is it in the States? Yes. Uh, let's see. Let's go with, where have we not been that I can guess and be wrong? Let's go with uh, Florida. <laughs> oh, God, you suck at this game. I so just... bad. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. We're going to Utah. Oh, okay. All right. And we're going very recently. Oh, okay. Very, very recently. So again, this is a short one, guys. Um, there's, uh, well, you'll find out the outcome here in a minute. So on January 5th of 2023, uh, police arrive at the home of Michael and Tasha Haight in Enoch, Utah. Um, have you heard of this couple? I feel like I have. I mean, the names aren't familiar, but when you throw out recent, very recent, I feel like I recall seeing this in the news. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, so once in the home, police discovered eight bodies. Those of five children ranging in ages from four to 17, Tasha's mother, Gail, Tasha, and Michael. Okay. Just so babies for mm -hmm. everybody, but man, those poor kids, awful. Yeah, and I think there's a set of seven-year-olds that are twins. Disgusting. Yeah. So initial reports that the police uh, were dispatched to the home for a welfare check. However, court documents state that the friends went to the home and came across the scene and contacted police. So I guess some church friends 
noticed that they were not at church and they went to the house and was like, eh. uh, so they called the police. So this wasn't the first time the police visited the hate's home and we'll get to that in a minute. So, um, Tasha and Michael were your ordinary run-of-the-mill Mormon couple. They were very young when they met in college in Utah. They got married. They had five kids. And Michael was an insurance agent. And Tasha studied child development while in college. And Enoch is about, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, 250 miles south of Salt Lake City. It's a small town with a population of only about 9,000 people. Okay, so very small. Very tiny, nothing really notable to say about it other than no one knew about the town until this situation. Kind of like when I lived in Wasilla, Alaska. No one ever heard of Wasilla, Alaska until Sarah Palin came along. Mm -hmm. Yep, and then it became a big deal. And then it was a big deal. We had cameras everywhere. And um, I remember my third child, well, all my kids went to school with the Palin kids, actually. But my third child in particular had classes with Willow Palin and she came home one day and she was like, I'm going to punch her right in the face. And I'm like, okay, secret <laughs> service is outside your classroom door. So I'm going to request that we not. Yeah, please don't. So please don't beat Willow's ass and um, mom doesn't want to go to prison. <laughs> don't need those kinds of troubles in our life. No. And then I went to pick up my oldest from school one day and the high school and she was walking out and she's on Fox news. <laughs> oh my God. Like how weird that has to be. Right. Just from going to school one day being an everyday thing and nothing, nothing major. And then out of nowhere, you got these cameras and like mm -hmm. you said, secret service everywhere. Like that had to be weird. It was weird because everywhere you went, there was cameras or there was secret service and target had just opened in Wasilla. a big deal because we had nothing previously and target <laughs> opens and, one of the Palin kids was right behind me and I kind of stepped backwards and bumped into one of them. And I had this like secret service guy, like, look at me. And I'm like, look, bitch, uh, you know what? I don't have eyes in the back of my head. Maybe so. crawl out of my asshole if they're that close. <laughs> exactly. Or maybe don't bring them to fucking target. How about that? Yeah, that's a good idea too. But because she was the former mayor and all this stuff, you know, public appearances and naturally all, all that shit. So anyway, um, so yeah, so I, I know what it's like to live in a very small town and no one knows you exist until one thing happens. And unfortunately, this one thing is awful. Mm -hmm. So, um, so backing up to December 21st of 2022, so about a few weeks prior to this, Tasha filed for a divorce from Michael. Ah, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. And he was served on December 27th. And apparently he acted like he didn't get served and was texting Tasha asking how her date was. And she was super annoyed that he was blowing it off. And so she just flat out asked him if he got served. And he's like, yeah. And when I get home, I expect you to be out of the house and uh, leave the kids. Yeah, no, buddy. Yeah. She did not listen. She left and she took the kids and they went to some of the kids were at some friend's house. She went someplace else. So they were a little bit spread out because of course that's your most dangerous time. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So by all accounts, it was your standard family. Everything looked great on the outside. We have the happy family photos. We BS our way on social media to make everything look like we're living our best life and everybody's happy. But inside, it was a shit show. Um, 
And friends also report they were the welcoming committee for new people in the neighborhood. Always friendly, always like, hey, welcome to the hood. Glad you're here. Um, But behind closed doors, Michael was uh, described as controlling and violent that believed in the patriarchy. Where have we heard that before? Yep, Mr. One Cody Brown. Yeah. So police had visited the home on several occasions, not because he was violent towards his wife, but actually towards the kids. Oh, hell no. Mm -hmm. And the oldest daughter, her name's Macy. uh, She was 17 at the time of her death. She reported her dad at 14 for being physically and emotionally abusive on several occasions. And she even told police she was afraid her dad was going to kill her. Oh, my goodness. What Mm -hmm. a piece of shit he is. Yep. Macy also reported he was verbally abusive to Tasha. So even though he wasn't physical towards his wife, he was verbally abusive to her. Which I believe sometimes is worse. Those stick with you forever. Four words. Yeah. I mean, you can you can heal physical, Mm -hmm. but you can't heal the emotional. Right. Or it's very difficult to heal the emotional. So Michael denies, of course, all the allegations and actually said to police that if he had done so, meaning being abusive, he wouldn't have meant it. And of course, denied being verbally abusive. And he admitted to taking his wife's electronics to read through her messages. And this was prompted after he was having a very stressful year. His dad died. His brother was going through a divorce and he felt Tasha and his sister-in-law were being meanie pants they were just being mean what a vagina like get over it but of course small town we're a mormon community the patriarchy what do you think the police did they just let it go not a Mm -hmm. big deal whatever yeah they had some stern words and they chalked it up to an almost assault on his daughter oh okay Mm mm-hmm And they encouraged him to seek some therapy for his anger. And then they washed their hands of it and walked away. Way to go, guys. Way Mm -hmm. to go. Tasha actually contacted the officer that was there and said, hey, I'm a little concerned after all this. What should I do? And the officer was like, you know, there's no reason to believe there's going to be any retribution when you file. um, Because this had gone on for years. So Macy had reported this back in 2014, but this was an ongoing thing up until, you know, 2022. Mm -hmm. And so a few weeks before uh, their deaths, um, the police had been out to the house and she asked the police not to do anything until she actually filed for divorce. Okay. Trying to stay safe in one way or the other. Yep. And of course the um, officer felt like hopefully this would be a wake up call to Michael. So just going to enrage the beast, poke Mm -hmm. the bear a little bit. So police, however, did actually reach out to the attorney's office to see if there could do anything, if they could do anything. And the attorney's office stated there wasn't enough evidence to pursue any charges against Michael. And later it came out um, during an audit uh, that showed the attorney's office never even actually reviewed any documents. God, so this case was just failed in so many ways. Yeah. So the decision not to pursue charges was made over the phone when talking to the police. Hmm. Yep. So they didn't look at anything. They just told the cop who actually did his due diligence, believe it or not. Right. And was trying to figure out some way um, because of Michael's history to, you know, press charges or to do something. And the attorney's office was like, no. So two weeks before the family was found slain, CPS investigated reports of Ammon. Um, he's one of the seven-year-olds. 
being violently thrown to the ground by Michael. And 11 days prior to that, an investigation was opened based off allegations from the oldest daughter. And Tasha had requested, of course, CPS not interview Michael until after she filed for a divorce. And she reported that Michael was threatening to kill himself or make her life hell. And CPS actually never got a chance to interview Michael. And Macy, the oldest daughter, reports that Michael yelled a lot and always had to make sure everyone knew he was right and he reacts to anything he doesn't like. Okay. Okay. So he's kind of a hothead. So Michael also had an incident with a group of kids where two kids were cited for disorderly conduct, but Michael's actions during their interaction was described as aggressive by one of the kids in the group. So we have an aggressive, violent, abusive pattern that are actually documented. And this situation was a bunch of kids were like in the middle of the street, going down the street. And Michael had an issue with it. And so he was yelling at the kids and the kids were yelling back and um, it just turned into this super big thing. So now, like you said, there's a pattern and this is happening with people outside of the home. So. Mm -hmm. We got more witnesses to his behavior. Yep. So after Michael was served with divorce papers, Tasha told family members that Michael removed all the guns from the home. And Tasha and her mom were trained in firearm handling, and they speculated that Michael took them because the women knew how to defend themselves, mm. not because he was in fear for his life. Sure. So there are also reports of Macy texting friends that she was glad her mom filed for a divorce and that her dad needs to go. That's so sad. Like yeah. to feel that way about your own parents. It's sad. Yeah. So as you have probably guessed by now, Michael was responsible for the deaths of all members of the family and then turned the gun on himself. Michael did leave a suicide note. And of course he claims he's the victim. Naturally. Mm -hmm. And he said, and, and these are quotes directly from his um, note. I've been complained about every step of the way that I work too much, put my church calling before my wife and on and on and on. She has been so awful to me and my family for years. And I generally have been patient trying to work through her issues with my family, our kids, neighbors, ward members, and others who don't make her the center of attention. This is nonsense, and I can't handle it for one more day. We will not be a burden on society. I kept asking for help, and you wouldn't listen. He kept asking for help? Mm -hmm. From who? Uh, I guess friends, family, police. Like when the police would come, he would be like, oh, no, I'm the victim here. She's pushing my buttons. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it goes on <laughs> to say basically that he cannot believe God would allow his wife to be like that towards him. And he gets blamed for everything. And of course, he would rather rot in hell than to put up with this manipulation and control. Well, hell is definitely where he went. So I hope the piece of shit enjoys it. Yep. And that is basically it. Because obviously, we're not going to have a court case um, about it. Because he absolutely did do it. There's no question. Um, but killing all your children, your wife your mother-in-law, and then yourself. Right. Like if your life's that bad, okay, listen, people, I don't promote suicide by any stretch of the imagination. So do not take any of this wrong. But if that's something you're going to do anyways, I mean, fine, make a decision for yourself. But why, why your kids and everybody else? Yeah. Like there's, 
and this sounds really shitty too. I more understand the spouse and even the mother-in-law. I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying it's okay, but you can understand your animosity and your anger. Mm -hmm. If people are actually berating you and doing what he claims, you know, was happening. Um, But your children, yeah, a four-year-old child, a seven-year-old child, an 11-year-old child. Disgusting and heartbreaking on every single level. And there's no, um, I couldn't really find anything because, of course, my stupid brain wants to know the order. Sure. I feel like that's important because the adults, the older ones, including the 17-year-old, could probably fight. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it was done systematically. Oh, for sure. Part of me wants to think, like you said, he'd probably start with the older ones first, mm-hmm. probably a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But then being as sick and twisted as he clearly sounds, I feel like he's also somebody that would start with the baby so mom could watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, oh God. And I'm sure he had to separate you know, the mother-in-law, the, the way my brain thinks about it is the kids were at school. He took care of the mom and the wife. Mm-hmm. And as the kids came home. Yeah, that would make sense too. You know, but I don't know. That's just speculation. I'm just throwing shit out there because I, I have to put it in some logical thing. It's not like you can just have everyone in the house and start. Right. Because if, if you start with one that's not an adult and, and can't fight, then you're going to have, you know, theoretically three people on top of you. Yeah, true. Trying to take that gun. So Unless, of course, you know, they're naturally in serious fear and they think if they comply. True. Maybe I mean, it'll, it, it will de-escalate the situation a little bit. Yeah, true. We have absolutely no idea how it went down. So I don't know. So that's a pretty sad one. Um you know, these um, family killings are going up exponentially because people just, I I don't know what the thought process is. Like, I don't want my family to be here without me. I don't want, you know, that. So I'm just going to kill everybody. Yeah. I don't, I can't get into that frame of mind. It doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. It's just selfishness and controlling. He controlled the situation by ending their lives and now they can't move on and have a happy life piece of shit a hundred percent evil 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 and it's disgusting again not condoning it but i understand the wife much more yeah like you never be able to wrap your head around kids and then the motherfuckers who killed the dogs too yeah i don't know there's i didn't read anything that they had pets that he took out or anything but also leave your dogs yeah, somebody will take them and love them like they're innocent. What what in the hell would an animal have done to deserve Ugh, people? I just don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah. So that is your short true crime Wednesday. I know a lot of y'all like the real short one. So, you know, my job is to give you what you want. She pleases the people. I please the people. Damn right. No, I just feel like I took up everybody's time with Kemper and I'm going to do it with Stephen Avery one day and it's going to be 
long. You guys will probably get tired of hearing about us because oh. that's going to be more than one part. I'm going to get fired up. <laughs> fired up. Tell you when she says she's going to get fired up, she going to get fired up. I'm going to get, and it's been years, and I still get fired up. So. And she yeah. has a huge, huge girl crush on Miss Kathleen Zellner. Oh, my God. Uh, if I were a lesbian, <laughs> she would be. And it's not people are like, well, she's not super attractive. That's not even it. Nope. It's because she's such a boss. She's such a boss. She's such a badass. I just worship her. I worship her. That's all. Yeah. That's all I got. She's pretty fantastic. <laughs> she is pretty fantastic. Okay, guys, so have a fantastic Wednesday. And don't forget, next week, there will not be a true crime. All right, you guys hear that? Next week, next Wednesday, no true crime. Unless somehow I get one done between now and Friday. Which is possible. But possible. worst case scenario, you guys might have to miss a week. Yeah. But we'll be back. We'll be so back. Don't so forget about us. Yeah, smash that like. Listen, follow, as always, do all the things. And we will Download. talk soon. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Bye, guys. Bye.